Okay, welcome into the Three Guys Talking Ball podcast. It is just myself and a guest today who I'll get to in a little bit. It's episode 32 to today, the Carrie Gress, Dylan Gress, Marcus Allen, Magic Johnson. I guess you could throw OJ Simpson in there as well. Episode, it's July 21st, 2022. Our guest is, he's the host of the Roaming Thoughts podcast. We worked together a little bit when I was an intern for Parks and Rec in Dickinson, and then we played sports against each other in high school. He grew up about 30 miles north of me. It is Colt Mavity. Colt, welcome on. Hey, thanks a lot, Dylan. Uh, man, I totally forgot, totally forgot about us working in Parks and Rec together. <laughs> yeah, well, we didn't, we kind of knew who each other were. We never really talked. We'd just see each other in past and say hi, whatever. But yeah, yeah. that's kind of how we got to talk. And then I think it was probably about a year or so later, we ran into each other and talked for a while and then just stayed in touch in and out of touch ever since so i like to start off with a little bit of a i don't know if you ever took any journalism classes i like to start they say always ask the most controversial question last but i like to start off first so right on which loss was more heartbreaking the mavs nba finals loss in 06 or carolina killing coach k Oh, man. You know, I feel like Coach K got enough. He's had an – it's gone two ways. That's been a two-way street, right? Like, he's had he's had his fair share of, of defeats. Um, so, I'm, I got to – dude, the fact that you even brought 06 up, like, that still stings. I mean, hands down, like, that one hurts. I mean, D-Wade averaged, what, like, 20 free throw attempts per game? Like, uh that yeah, that's a controversial question right there because that one still stinks. <laughs> that was that was still like 16 years ago. Still, oh, uh, see, then I just feel old. <laughs> yeah, same. That's weird to think that that was 06 was 16 years ago. I still think even like 2015 is weird to think is seven years ago. Yeah, but yeah, that one. I Coach K also I think brought up a, a lot of the the hate upon himself. But we we can talk later about that i just kind of so you grew up in kildare you grew up i remember you play playing basketball did you do any other sports or were you just mostly basketball so i actually was uh well kildare being a football school you know i i, I moved there in when i was a seventh grader tried out football where'd you move Learned, from south Hart, actually oh okay yeah yeah and uh yeah when i got to kildare tried out the whole football thing and figured out like that's that's not my strong suit at all um so then it was just basketball and then right when I got into high school I ran cross country for a couple years and basically had some issues where doctors were like hey you can you can do both sports if you want uh but that cartilage under your knee or the lack thereof is not going to be a fan of you doing both so you got to pick one and uh, yeah, I picked basketball. It was funny you even mentioned, I, I saw right when we started episode 32, that was my basketball number in <laughs> high school and college too. Fitting, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you played in Kildare. Where'd you, where'd you play college at? So I did a year and a half up in Botno at Dakota okay. College and then um, graduated like a semester early and I went right to Jamestown and I played there for that 
remainder of the second half of the semester. And then that was it. Then I uh, then I realized I probably need to get something accomplished in college. And <laughs> that was that was it. Yeah. Where did you what did you major in at Jamestown? I finished I finished um, with history, uh, minor in political science, and then I went back and got my degree in education um, like a year later. So okay. I was all over the place. I changed my major probably like I'm, I'm one of those stats. They say, oh, you'll change your major X number of times. I was the X number of times like two. <laughs> at least, so. Okay. Yeah. I, I started out as accounting major and then I re- had to take a math class and it was, it's funny because later I find out that my, the teacher that I had, he was horrible. Turns out he was a drunk and he got fired because he was showing up to class drunk. And I guess he was writing a problem on the chalkboard and just passed out just mid problem, just passed out. So I thought that was kind of funny. And then like a year later, I saw him in the uh, union where he was serving food for the, like NDSU catering, but uh, yeah, yeah. That might tell you, you have a problem, I think. <laughs> So then you got your teaching degree from Jamestown. Where did you, where did you go from there? What was your first teaching job? Uh, first teaching job was my only teaching job, actually. Um, I ended up getting my uh, license in December. So it was the middle of the year. Okay. And, I, and I just thought, like, at the time, I was actually working um, security at the airport in Grand Forks. And I was planning on doing that. I was coaching some basketball volunteer, well, volunteer coaching basketball on the side. Um, and, and I, I just planned on like, yeah, I'll teach next fall. No big deal. And sure enough, within two weeks, I had a professor send me a message and he said, Hey, this, this small school right outside Devil's Lake, um, has an opening if you're interested. So I went and interviewed and they gave me the job right on the spot. And I mean, you're not going to pass that up, you know? teaching jobs are typically difficult to get or hard to find. So yeah, I took it and um, yeah, I was there for almost four years and loved it, man. Teachings that's uh, I'm, I'm glad I did it in college. I'm glad I got my degree for it in college. Cause at least I put it to some use, but uh, yeah. Where, uh, so you were, which, what school were you teaching at? Minnewaukee. So it's okay. uh, yeah, it's yep. like 15 miles outside of devil's lake, like, four miles off the reservation, I think. So. Okay. So yeah. you're coaching. Did you coach at all the, up there or? No. So with them, geez, four wins, Minnewaukee. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows <laughs> that's like a, a powerhouse. So me, me going there, they didn't, they didn't uh, have any vacancies for coaching, but sure enough, I actually, uh, I think it was after my first year, I ended up uh, starting one of the first esports programs uh, at the high school level. And that thing, there was a lot of support behind it. And so that was kind of an, an avenue that I never thought I'd take, but yeah, I found myself coaching video games. So, <laughs> okay. What were, what games were, what games were you coaching? I've always been curious about esports. I, you see it and it's been become more popular throughout the years, but like, yeah. what, what are some of the big games in the esports field? Yeah. Well, I would say like the big ones are at that time, it was like, Fortnite was everything, right? But with where the state was trying, where we were trying to basically form the league, we wanted to use a platform that had been proven in other states. And so the big games for us at the time were 
um, uh, League of Legends, which I had, and I knew, I, I literally knew zero about these games, but all I knew is if we could have a program like this, it would help our kids in like a million different ways. So I wanted to get involved. So League of Legends, um, Rocket League, which I ended up becoming fairly obsessed with. I don't know if you're familiar with. I'm not. No, I've Rocket heard League. League of Legends. I don't know a whole lot of the esports. Those were, those seems like the uh, games that I was not. I'm more of a sports video game guy. So. Totally. Yeah. Well, and that was the tough thing too, because for me, like, I'll play 2K until the the controllers are worn out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm a big NBA guy, right? So that I'd, I'd throw the sticks with Madden too, and um, but yeah, so these games were totally out of my realm. It was League of Legends, which is like a fantasy game, which it's like it's almost like King of the Hill, sort of. Okay. Um, but then this Rocket League was was super cool. It's it's three on three soccer, but you do it with cars. So it's oh, wow. Yeah, it's 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 got a sports aspect of it, um, and then what was the other game? We had we had a third game that was really big, and of course I'm drawing a blank on it. But we ended up the next season we ended up getting Fortnite, um, and then they just started expanding on and on off of that. And I think um, I think we might have had Madden or 2K like my last year or something. But yeah, it was it was super cool. But yeah, same same thing with me. Like video games, I'll play the sports ones, but that's that's pretty much it. But uh, yeah. What, what, so what schools were, were you competing against other schools or who were some of the teams you were competing against? Yeah. And how many, we, how many kids did you get signed up or were signed up for it? What were the numbers like? Yeah, it was crazy. Well, so with us, with us being, you know, like a kind of a powerhouse basketball school in the state, our co-op is really where we got most of our players was from um, four wins, right? We only, we might have, a player or two on the actual roster uh, for boys basketball. And so we got a lot of kids that wouldn't go out for sports because they just didn't think they were going to make the team, but they would all stay up till 3 a.m. playing video games, you know, and then miss school or just not show up. And I thought, well, let's get, let's get esports off the ground and running and put some accountability that these kids are going to have to start recognizing. And sure enough, they just totally owned up to it. And I ended up getting, Geez, I think right away I had like 45 kids with an initial signing up for interest. And then by the time our, our first season rolled around, we had three different video games um, that we had teams for. And I think we probably had 15 to 20 kids across the board. Um, and, and yeah, so we were, we were one of 12 schools in the state uh, that kind of started this high school activities was not involved with it at all. They were aware of what we were doing, but we were basically kind of the, the guinea pigs for it. So it was us and 12 other schools. So you'd have schools like, um, like Bismarck and Mandan, and then you'd have small schools like Minnewaukan and Laramore. And so it was really interesting to like, we would compete against class A schools yep. because it's like fair game for everybody, you know, but the way that it was structured was, the platform we played on, we basically couldn't get, um, you know, you can only play those 11 teams so many times. So what they did is they opened us up to a region. So we'd play schools from Alabama, Florida, all across the country. Um, and yeah, you realize how good kids can be at video games. And it's like, it's next, le next level. 
Well, I and go, I'll backtrack a little bit because you talked about how there were kids staying up till three o'clock in the morning playing games. How much of a spike did you see in their take an interest in their schoolwork from where they were before it to where it was like, well, if I want to compete and play against other people, I have to be eligible because I'm sure eligibility requirements were the same as that. How much of a spike did you see with retention of kids paying more attention in school, handing assignments and things like that? Yeah, no, that's a, a great question. That was, it was, it, it was the reason why I created or wanted to start the program because I knew that it, it could have some impact. But what I didn't realize was how much impact it was going to have. And since I got to run the whole thing, and because we weren't sanctioned by the state, I kind of got to set my own rules and, and expectations. And so all of it was, I, I treated it just as you would, you know, football, basketball, volleyball, any other sport is, you know, you don't show up to school on game day, you're not playing. You don't uh, have your homework turned in or you have failing grades. You're going to be, you're coming to practice, but you're going to sit out and you're going to do your homework during it. So it, it was crazy what impact it had because I, I was like, you know, we're just going to throw it at the wall and see if it sticks. And man, I had kids that I never imagined, um, you know, would honestly, I wasn't sure if they'd graduate and they sure enough turned around. And I had one kid in particular that I just remember he quiet kid, very reserved. And then as soon as he joined that program, I just saw a whole new, whole new kid leadership skills. Like I would not, could not believe he was vocal. He was encouraging. And then his schoolwork just climbed the charts too. Cause he said, Hey, I've got something, I've got a reason to have good yep. grades now. I want to be a part of this. And, and yeah, that was a huge thing for me and administration got on board with it and they saw the value and that was, it was huge. I mean, you, you bridge that gap of video games, sleeping in, being lazy to how can I do well in school? And it, it was the perfect fit really. Yeah. And I, I used to be a mentor for best friends here. And that was one of the more frustrating things for me was I'd go and I'd sit and lunch, sit and talk with kids, you know, so what'd you, what'd you do this weekend? I played Fortnite all weekend and mm -hmm. I, I, I can't sit here and say, I hate video because I enjoy playing them myself, but it's also one of those things where it's get out and do something else outside of playing that. And you, no. you definitely had the right idea of, getting them involved, giving them something to work for and keeping them on the right path, getting working and graduating, getting that high school diploma. Do you um, know, is it still, is that program, is it still rocking and rolling or is it? Uh, man, I, I hope so. I honestly don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know, but I know that the, what the school invested into it, what the school board put into it that first year to really just take, we, we had probably one of the, geez, I would say within the, the tri, tri-state region, we had to have had one of the nicest esports labs of any school, let alone the fact that we're a very small rural class yep. B school, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I hope it is, but I honestly, I don't know. Um, I just think with what they probably put into it though, it's gotta be doing something still. Yeah, so for sure. What, so was it on a PC or was it Xbox PS4? What that's what? yeah. Yeah. That was actually, so we started out, um, on gaming computers, desktops, and immediately i just saw a huge group of kids that were like oh we have to like we don't know how to play 
any video game on a keyboard and a mouse. And so then we got the, basically our league allowed us to adapt and they could use game controllers. So they would just Bluetooth connect their the gaming controller. Um, and then what happened was when we saw this influx of 2K, Madden, Fortnite, then they started saying, all right, if you, if you can make the technology work, you guys can implement using PlayStation and Xboxes and stuff like that. So yeah, it was what put a lot of the kids off thinking, you know, they don't know how to play on a desktop to, hey, you can bring your PS4 controller, you can bring your Xbox controller and we'll, we'll hook you up. Um, the, the league adapted pretty quickly to what the kids really wanted. So that was nice to see too. Okay, yeah, that's cool for sure. So you taught in Minwalken for four years and then now you are, he's actually joining us from Poland. And I'm, I'm curious, cause I know just following your social medias throughout, you always travel was one of those big things that you've always enjoyed yeah. and you ended up in, you were in Poland. So what made you step away from teaching? Man, the, the, the answer everybody's been given for everything the last two years, the pandemic, <laughs> it, it just, it just completely, you know, teaching was always my, like, I, I can't even say plan B teaching was always just like the last thing that I thought of doing, but I just ended up, you know, cons I always considered it. And then when I did it, I just thought, man, it, it doesn't feel like work. This is, it's great. But when the pandemic hit and I mean, you're doing distance learning and you're, you're dealing with the, the politics of uh, restrictions and stuff like that. It just totally changed the, my, my approach or, or my, I guess my perspective, maybe not my approach, but it just changed my perspective on, on everything. And then I just looked long-term and, and I thought, you know, if I can, if I have to have a, a, a nine to five or a full-time job, if I can find something where I can do it as long anywhere in the world, as long as I have an internet connection, I'm like, that sounds like a pretty decent gig because for me at that point now it's, it's more so I'm, I'm not living to work. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, Hey, I, I work, this is what I do, but it also gives me the freedom to enjoy life. So uh, yeah, I didn't really think anything would take me away from it, but I don't think anyone planned on the pandemic. <laughs> Okay. And then you kind of had those thoughts of stepping away. And like we said, you're teaching in or you're working in Poland. Where, what are you, where, I mean, we talked a little bit before we started, but tell us what you're doing in Poland, who you're working for, what you're, what it all entails. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually work for a, a tech company based out of California um, that I knew nothing about uh, six, six months ago, and I've actually been with them only for about three months. But um, what they do is they have uh, AI technology that basically gets deployed out to schools nation, well, worldwide, I guess. And it acts as, you know, web filtering. So, you know, kids in school aren't accessing stuff they shouldn't. But, but really what, what amazed me about it is um, their AI software can recognize when kids are um, searching the internet or typing on even Google Docs, um, you know, things that might indicate self-harm or things that might indicate um, that they would want to harm somebody else. Uh, and basically what it does is it can flag that and send it to a real life team member that can evaluate it. Um, and pretty much the company's goal is 
it's saving kids' lives at school. Yep. Um, and they just use the, the technology nowadays. It, it's so far above my head and what they actually goes into it. But um, yeah, when I found out about the company, I was like, I need to do anything I can to be a part of that. Um, so it's been a, a great kind of blending of what I wanted in a remote job and then bringing in, you know, my passion for teaching and coaching and stuff and like yep. protecting kids. And, and so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty amazing company. It's called uh, Securely. And okay. yeah, they're based out of California and uh, yeah, super, super good group of people to work with. And uh, yeah, couldn't be, couldn't be more proud actually to work uh, with them. That was one thing I'm like, I was just looking for a job where I could work off of Wi-Fi, and if I can be proud of the company I work for, like that's even better. So, okay, how did you how did you find out about them? How did you find out you know where to apply and things yeah. like? How did you stumble upon it? Yeah, um, I actually get that question a lot, just from friends that see what I do on like social media and stuff. You know, how do you find jobs like this? Uh, it took a lot of searching. It, it took a long, long bit of searching. I'm actually, um, if it's okay to plug my own podcast on your yeah, podcast, of course, um, I'm going to be releasing an episode probably within the next week or so about how it took me six months of looking for the right job before I actually found it. Um, cause you know, everybody will say, Oh, go to LinkedIn or go to, um, uh, what's the other that there's, one big job search engine. ZipRecruiter, um, there's... Uh, ZipRecruiter was the one. Yeah, LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, Monster, all these different ones. Um, but I found, I, I was using like dynamitejobs.com and then weworkremotely.com. And you just, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, you're searching for jobs where you can work from home or work from anywhere you want. Um, and yeah, I just happened to stumble across it, but geez, that was 400 job applications later. I mean, it, it's, it's the, the, the job market's tough out there if, if that's the type of position you're looking for. But man, if you know anything about computers, designing, coding, anything like that, you, you can be set for life. But I'm, again, that's above my, my, uh, knowledge. So I'm like, Hey, I, those jobs I can't touch, but um, yeah, it was, it was tough to find them, but I just came across them on a, a job search and thankfully enough, they, they pulled my application and that rest is history, I guess. There you go. So it was next question is, is what you've traveled, you've traveled throughout the world. How did, what made you decide, and you were working remotely, you're kind of floating around everywhere. Cause you said yeah. you lived in Kildare for a little bit during the pandemic up in been walking. Yep. What made you decide to go out to Poland for now? Uh, that's a, that's a pretty easy question. My girlfriend is uh, okay. from there. Her family's here. So yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's just the, uh, and at the time too, it's a lot easier for an American to get access to countries than it is for a lot of other people from different countries to get access to America. Um, so I know like last, what was it last fall, I believe, um, for instance, like she, she wasn't allowed to come into the U S because of the COVID restrictions. Yep. So we ended up having to go to Mexico for two weeks because there basically was a, a legal workaround where if you were coming from Mexico, 
it doesn't matter what nationality or what passport you had. If you were coming from Mexico and you'd been there for two weeks, you can go to the U.S. So we went from Poland to Mexico, stayed there two weeks, and then we came up to to uh, Kildare actually for my sister's uh, wedding reception. But oh, okay. yeah, it's 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 been a whirlwind. The the pandemic really just it it made travel a lot more difficult. But um, I probably did more traveling during the pandemic than I did my entire life. I would say. Yeah. So. Well, that leads me into my next question. What are, where are all the places that you have traveled to and you could share a couple, share, share, yeah, share a couple of interesting places that you've traveled to that you yeah. really have some good memories at? Yeah, totally. Um, well, geez. Okay. So Canada, US, Mexico, Iceland, United Kingdom, Sweden, uh germany poland croatia italy ukraine thailand uh australia and i think that's probably i think that's probably it um but yeah i would say like the coolest places by far are at least that i've been to iceland and australia are just okay. like Oh my gosh. I, I had an old college teammate that lived, uh, uh, two college teammates that were from Australia. And so, I don't know, six years, probably six, seven years ago, uh, I went down to Australia and, and stayed with one of my best friends down there for a week or so. And, oh, it's just, it's such a cool place. It was during their winter time too. So it was like, when did I go? I went during the summer for us, but it was winter for them. And I was pretty surprised how cold it got. Uh, but Australia awesome. The how, people are super cold? friendly. Honestly, geez, because they're on Celsius, right? So I never paid yep. attention. But I would say, like, man, probably 40s. Like, okay. It, let, let's put it this way. So I packed for a summer because I did it all in one trip. I went to like Europe, Asia, and Australia in one trip and packed in summer clothes. And I think I might have had like a rain jacket and a hoodie and some like cargo pants and I was freezing wearing that in Australia. So, okay. Yeah. So it's just one of them cold days in, in the South then essentially is, is, is that comparable? Um, I would say, I, I would say it would be comparable to like a cold fall day back home. You know, I I'd say okay. that's what it's like where, gotcha. you know, I, and I can't remember, I know they had snow in some region within Australia. I don't know where in the country it was, but I know when I was there, they were like, Oh yeah, we've got snow on the mountains. And I'm like, never thought I'd hear <laughs> an Australian say that. Yeah. So, and then Iceland, I've heard really good things. I had a buddy that went there I, last year, or a year and a half ago or so. And it looked, it looked incredible. Yeah. What were, what were some of the things you got to do down there? Yeah. Or so up there. that, yeah, up there. Yeah. It was, uh, that was technically it's Europe. So I can say that that was my first, no, it wasn't Poland was my first trip. It was, it was the first trip I took though with friends. So I, I had my best friend from, uh, from high school, Braley. I don't know if you know Braley. Yep. Um, yep. I know. Braley. Yeah. Yeah. And so he and I, and then another friend of mine that I was working with at the time, um, we all went up to Iceland together and we had, we did like the blue lagoon, which is their natural hot spring. It's like probably the biggest tourist destination in the country. Okay. 
Um, that was, I mean, that was literally like the first day we got there, we went there. That was really cool. Uh, and then we basically, we rented a car and just drove as much of the country as we could. So we went around like a route called the golden circle. So you just see like national parks and stuff. So we saw like the craziest waterfall I've ever seen, like multiple lit like levels to the waterfall. And it was super, super wide. And you could walk like right up to it, but it was like Niagara Falls. If Niagara Falls was drawn by like a three-year-old kid, like <laughs> it was just crazy. It was, it was something that like, I've just, I, I can't describe it. It was so crazy. Um, and then, you know, we did uh, a little bit of hiking. Um, but one of the big things that we were, we were ready to do was we were going to go snorkeling in Iceland, you can snorkel between two tectonic plates. And we, we had signed up to go do it. And it, we were going to do it the morning after we got there. And we got there and we were just so exhausted. We actually slept through it. And that's like, that's probably my biggest like regret in life. I always think about it, how we slept through snorkeling through tectonic plates, but uh, you know, next time, I guess, but yeah, it was that country, that country is awesome too. It's, it, it literally feels like you're on another planet because the, the landscape and the greenery and the cult, like it's, it's like otherworldly. Okay. And then, so you said it was swimming through two tectonic, like what's the, what is that? Like, what's the big draw for that? Is it something like warm, cold, or is it like like a current it's, or what how do you what's what what is the big draw like appeal of, yeah appeal that's exactly yeah yeah honestly you know because we we took that trip probably seven years ago i would say i would being honest it was probably just to say that like you snorkel between tectonic plates because from from my understanding the water is as cold as you would think it would be and being like between the plates, it, it looks like it's just like two cliffs or like two rock ledges. Um, but yeah, I think, I think for the most part, it's just to say that like, oh, I went snorkeling between tectonic plates. Um, but come to find out, it's again, it's another like very, very popular uh, attraction or, or thing that you can do when you go there. And sure enough, we just slept in. <laughs> Travel can do that to you though sometimes. So oh, totally. You being a history teacher, you're from and going to year. Have you gotten to travel to any of like the cool just hearing the countries you've talked about? Yeah. Have you gotten to travel to like some of like the big World War II sites? Have you been able to see those or what are yeah. what are some of those cool place those places that you've gotten to see that you could talk about? Yeah, definitely. The, uh, the first ones that just come to mind are like Parliament, Big Ben in London, um, like Tower Bridge, seeing um, like just the kind of iconic British uh, landmarks, you know, but in terms of like, maybe like more World War II stuff, especially being in Poland, um, I went to the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp. Okay. Um, yeah, quite a few years back. What's um, that like? It's it's surreal. Like, I mean, you know, coming from North Dakota, like it that stuff is so foreign to us, right? Yep. Like we we aren't able to 
at least me personally, like I've, I've just never been able to like make the connection that this not like, I get that it's real. It happened, but it's so physically far away from North Dakota and like America in general that I think we just kind of have this disconnect of it. And so going there and seeing like the infamous gate that you walk through saying like work will set you free, like it's super eerie, but it's also like, it makes you feel like this small yeah. because to know that like what happened there and you, you go from, I've only seen it in a book or I've only learned about it in history class to going there and seeing how big this place was. And I just remember my biggest thought or like emotion when I left was just anger. I, it, it made me so mad to know that like something like that. And, and, you know, Auschwitz is just like the biggest, most well-known camp, yeah. right? There's, there were tons spread across Germany, Poland, other parts of Europe because of, you know, the Nazis, but it, uh, it, yeah, it just, I just left there so upset that like humanity could let that happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and so I've been to the Holocaust Museum in DC. Okay. And that's probably not on that level, but it's still just crazy. And then when we were in high school, it was actually in an English class. They talked about and they showed the amount of boxes of paper used to write the names of all the victims that were killed mm. in the Holocaust. And it, it's one mm. of the most like humbling, like like you said, like anger, like just how could somebody that evil do something like that it's just yeah it, it it's crazy and yeah yeah uh so have you have you gotten to go to the beaches of normandy yet no no actually with all yeah with all the traveling i've done i've never even been to france oh, okay. um yeah it's it's one place where um you know at, being a history guy like it's gonna happen at some point um but i now that you mentioned the holocaust museum in dc um, there is a, a Holocaust museum specifically here in Poland too, that I went to last year, I think. And, um, I mean, just the museums in Europe are, are something else, yeah. but yeah, it's to see what other museums from different parts of the world, like have collected and put on display and just knowing that that's like a small fraction of the totality of what happened. It's just like, your mind can't even grasp that that was a reality, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. I, it's still just something that you something that, and I love history too. So it's something that I really want to learn and read up more on yeah. that type of stuff. Cause it's very interesting. It's stuff. Like I like going to the, those museums. I know when I was younger, when we'd go, go on vacation and travel and I never, my dad would just read every little thing that he could and it'd be like come on let's go let's go and yep. now i'm getting to that same point where it's like totally oh, i, I want to keep reading and like i've started i've read more books and you just and then you get that itch that you just gotta go research more and more about it and yeah just yeah. curious it's crazy how the how the mind works that way but have you yeah. and you've been to italy so have you been to like rome and what parts oh. of 
Okay, you, you caught me. You caught me. I've been to Italy for 20 minutes. I had a flight get oh. diverted. So I, I was in Italy for 20 minutes and I, I bought a piece of pizza just to like fit the stereotype and then I left. So that's oh, all I've got. Gotcha. But, okay. No, Italy, Italy's definitely, I mean, I don't think you could name a place on earth that I wouldn't want to go to. So yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, so do you, where, do you have any plans in your future as far as where you want to travel to next, or do you have any trips coming up of where you're going to places that you've, you have, that you want to go that you haven't been to yet? Yeah, I've, I've got like my, my three that I just, I, I can't get them out of my head and I've never been able to is Machu Picchu in Peru. Okay. Um, ancient, you know, ancient ruins and then um, the pyramids of Giza in Egypt. And then, um petra in jordan in the middle east it's just like those old i don't know what about it i mean it's again i think it's kind of like that same thing of we're so far detached or we're so far separated from that history that i want to go there and physically see it so that i can understand that it's a reality those have been on my top three for geez for years but uh i would i would guess um we're we're thinking about we're throwing around the idea of bali and seeing okay you know a lot of people work remotely from bali and it's super super cheap i guess so we've been kind of throwing that idea around but i think that's probably you know six months down the road at least but uh the nice thing you know being in europe is you can just hop a plane three hours and be in a new country so yeah for sure and then i had something and then it slipped my mind but we can uh move on towards you've been traveling and is there do you have any plans was is europe is where you see yourself living for the next few or for quite some time or are you would you want to move back to the states at some point no i mean i'm kind of i just i tell everybody that i'm just like a citizen of the world and you know my <laughs> you my home base is always well, for the time being, it's going to be, you know, Kildeer area. Um, it's where I call home. And it's just like, it's just a matter of where am I at at the time. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, what I'd love to do is, and, and I think this will probably happen maybe, maybe sooner than Bali, who knows, but um, getting like a camper, like a travel trailer, and then just oh. going across the U.S. and stuff like that. I think that'd be a blast, man. But no, I, it's, I've never actually really stopped and thought about like oh where am i gonna call home you know i just i just kind of live wherever i am and and yeah. just that's what i do yeah gotta gotta enjoy the moment and i actually thought about what i had but when you talked about like egypt the pyramids of egypt which i think some of it is is it's just crazy to think the engineering and the way people were actually able to build it with their own hands mm -hmm. like how crazy that is way back however many years ago three yeah like ten thousand years it's crazy to think like the structure that was they were able to build and it's still standing today mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's i i just saw something online uh like yesterday or two days ago and they were talking about you know there's certain chambers within i don't know what the biggest pyramid is called the great one i don't know but the, the biggest one how there's chambers in there and they're they're learning about the actual construction and architecture of it and they're trying now more than ever to figure out how was that done because it's one thing to 
to slide up all these, you know, stones into a pyramid shape, but how they were able to, you know, division off these rooms within the pyramid. They're like, if you wanted to slide them up a ramp, you'd have to be like hundreds of miles of ramp just to get it up there. So I'm like, I don't know. There's something that, you know, I guess are just going to be better left as questions. I don't, I don't know. Right. So you had, like we've said, you're the host of the roaming thoughts podcast. That is your podcast. What, what, what is it all about? I know Man, I, 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 I listen to it every time it comes out. So I, I have a little bit of it. It, it really is. It roams from anywhere from the Mavs, which we'll get into next to the war in Ukraine to all different things. It's, it's a very interesting podcast. Definitely go check it out when you can. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, thanks for listening too. That's that. That was one thing I, I was I was telling my girlfriend, you know, that I'm gonna be on your on your show tonight, and uh, she was like, "Well, you know, I want to know more about who this who this person is, what their show is." And I, I basically said, "If if two people in North Dakota have their own podcast, you're gonna probably know each other." And I was like, yeah. "Plus, we've known each other for for a while from yeah. back in in high school and stuff." But uh, no, it's. The Roaming Thoughts podcast was, uh, it, it, it was almost like a, an, I don't know, an offset of my um, website, The Roaming Cult. And pretty much, you know, years ago, I, I was delivering pizza and I just got the travel bug. And so I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drive for Domino's and I'm going to take all my tip money and I'm just going to travel the world with that. And I'm going to have my little travel blog and I'm just going to go with it. And that is, it is probably the most inconsistently taken care of website ever because I'll go months and months and months without posting stuff. And then I'll go, you know, two months and, and the, the posts don't stop. But um, that's kind of how the Roaming Thoughts podcast came to be was I, I just like to create stuff and I wasn't really getting that full I don't know, enjoyment out of just the website. And I dabbled a little bit in the YouTube videos back when it was, you know, when I was delivering pizza and just traveling. Um, and now it's just like, I don't quite have the time that I want to, to invest into editing and shooting and cameras and all that. And so I'm like, well, I'm like, maybe podcasts, maybe podcasts can be, you know, this thing where I can do not just travel. I can talk about whatever. I don't have to do a video specifically on this. And so that's really what it is. It's kind of just, uh, <laughs> my own it's kind of for my own amusement i mean i i don't really pay attention to how many listeners i have or don't have or how many you know hits i get on it uh it's just something that i've been doing for for my own amusement and uh, i like it because yeah it's as the title suggests i'm gonna just let the thoughts roam and if one day i get on and want to talk about uh, politics i will if one day i want to get on and talk about how lebron's not winning another ring i will like it just it goes wherever and, and yeah. I think that's the thing about it is it's super random. And so for a lot of people, it's probably not what they're looking for, but Hey, if you just like to hear complete nonsense, tune in. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like listening because it just gives you informs you on different stuff that you don't really, you're not really familiar with as far as like talking history when you've discussed the, the war in Ukraine about what's going on there. Yeah. or different your uh the 
word association get your one word association games yep, yep. things like that I, I i think it's interesting and then you had a stat on there which is actually cool because we're 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 the one we're one percenters for once which yeah yeah congrats so, on being way yeah. over one <laughs> yeah yeah and it you you talked about it in your last one it's one of those things it's like people think about you hear people talk about yeah we should we should do a podcast. it would be really good it'd be really interesting to talk about it and it never gets up off the ground and i know the first time when i first started mine and it was one of those holy crap moments that like you hit record oh you're going you're live and then you start talking and then like my first ones i know were probably awful because it's just your brain's going a mile a minute and yep just keeps going and thing i figured out too is that i've talked to a couple of other podcasters as well where it's just just keep doing it stay with it you're gonna keep learning you're gonna get better as you do it it's takes practice just like anything it's not just gonna happen overnight yeah so that that would that's definitely the biggest thing is just keep doing it and trying to be consistent with it and it's gonna catch on and hopefully at some point i'd love to make this my full career where i don't have to do anything else it's just yeah just this and and roll with it and so yeah Yeah, no that's that's the thing like uh you you know that that you your episodes are posted so consistently too and i think that's one thing you know for me and i i I agree with you 100 percent. it's just keep pushing through right like I'm sure uh, as long as you enjoy what you're doing, you know, don't stop doing it. Right. And, and that's one thing that I, I really appreciate about your guys' episodes is, you know, when it's going to come out, right. It's, it's, it seems very consistent. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, look at you guys, episode 32. That's uh, congratulations. I mean, that's awesome. Because (laughs) just, just knowing, and, and, you know, it's just knowing the stats, right. Knowing how few podcasts start and don't make it to episode 20, and you guys are cruising. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that's kind of the cool thing too, is, you know, we've all got our own interests, but we all kind of want the same thing, right? If, if we could just sit here and do this and that pays our bills. Oh, that's oh, a dream. Yeah. Right? That, that is the dream. You, yeah. you look at people like a Dave Portnoy or people like that, who they, that that's what they've made it their life. Like that people yeah. you look to for role models, inspiration. Yeah. And it's just, you got to stick with it. You're going to take some bumps and bruises, but you're going to learn a lot more from it. And yeah. I think there's too much of a, we need things to happen now in this world. And if it's not, well, to hell with it, we're done. That's just yeah. not the way it worked. That if you look at any successful person, they've failed over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. And then they've had that one and then it just keeps rolling and they'll yeah. still take some bumps and bruises and learn from it. And they, they end up, coming out on top so yeah that's just keep move keep moving stay with it and it's gonna work out it always seems that it's gonna work out that way so we'll move over a little bit this is mostly a sports got sports podcast so we got to talk a little bit of nba you are a huge dallas mavericks fan and how are you handling the jalen brutson leaving it I actually have super mixed feelings about this because 
how he, I, I like that him and Luca came in together, right? Because they just kind of have this, I don't know, th this bond, right? Of coming in during the same yep. class. And Brunson's been a guy where I've seen him as the JJ Berea part two. I mean, they're both small. They both are crafty and they can score. They, I don't know. I, I see a lot of similarities between them. Maybe not to the extent where, you know, Jalen's going to shut down LeBron in the final, but to the extent where this is a valuable player for us, right? And we just have this, this, I don't know, this, it's part of being a Mavericks fan where you have to know that your front office is going to spill the beans or they're, they're going to, they're going to ruin it somehow. Okay. Uh, and they ruined it by not signing him to that early extension mid season when they could have with the, I think it was like four year. It was basically the Dorian Finney Smith contract where it could have yep. been like four years, 55 mil thinking that he's not worth it. And I'm just thinking back on that and saying, even if he's a backup point guard, right. At 12 million, 13 mil, how is he not worth that? When you look at everything else that he brings, he came from a winning program. The guy is straighter than an arrow in terms of type of character player that you want to have. Plus, Luca doesn't hate him. So the dude understood his role. And we, we just fumbled by not giving him that early extension. Well, then when it came around, it's like, okay, he's going to command, you know, 100 mil plus. Then that just totally changed my perspective. I'm like, okay, is he worth that though? Like, you've got to be top two, top three player on a team if you're going to be getting that money, in my opinion. And I was like, no, honestly, I'd be good if we were giving him under 20 mil a year. So sure, we could sign him for five-year 100 mil, uh, yeah. but nothing more than that. And so honestly, I think like where New York signed him, I'm honestly not that heartbroken that he's gone. But what's annoying me now is we can't sit back and not make some other move. And you can't say like, you can't say, oh, well, Tim Hardaway is coming back. So that's like, we basically signed him or Christian Wood. I'm sorry, but no, like we need, we need something else. I'm okay with him going to New York. I don't personally think he's going to flourish. I don't think he, I don't think he's ever going to be the number two guy like a Chris Middleton on a team of that caliber. I think that would be his ceiling. Yeah, I, think, I would say that's fair. I think that would be a fair. I think for what for what the Knicks are paying him, I I I I'm with you where that's way too much money and and he wanted to be the be the ball be a ball centric point guard so and you're you're mm -hmm. not going to get that with Luka there, but no. the the Mavs are in good hands. The the, the issue is is they play in the West, so it's just Mm -hmm. An absolute meat grinder of a schedule. It's the same mm -hmm. thing. Same thing with, I know up here we've, but the other two, my other two hosts who aren't with me today, they are, they're Wolves fans. So mm -hmm. they're, they're in the same boat as the Mavs, but they don't have a player as good as Luca is, but it's yeah. still, that's a talented roster and hard to, uh, the, you can't not be excited about their future, but, and then there's me, the lowly Magic fan, who has just, which you talked, you actually talked about in your, uh, in your last episode before this was 
well, this will be released on the 21st here. We're recording this on the, what is this, 12th, 13th? So, 13th, yep. It's, I, the, the Apollo, I, I actually asked, tweeted out one of our former guests on this podcast. He played basketball at Michigan. He actually played high school ball with the Kevin Durant and Ty Lawson and a couple of other players. And I asked who, who should they draft that would give me hope for the next, for the future? Because I, Orlando is just an horribly ran franchise. And I've been ready after they traded Victor Oladipo and Serge Ibaka or Victor Oladipo and Demonis Sabonis on draft night in 2016 for Serge Ibaka. I was ready to just be done with him because it was the worst trade. It set him back forever. And mm-hmm. They they have some really nice pieces. My issue with Paulo is is watching him at Duke. He just never seemed to have any dog in him. Like he didn't have that killer instinct. Like you look at him in the Carolina Duke game in the Final Four, where he had 19 points, but he was gone, like nowhere to be found in the final five minutes of the game. So it's yep. that that's where I struggle. But they dra- they had Cole Anthony. They got Mo Bamba. They have the Wagner brothers and then Markel Fultz. When he was healthy, he was really turning a corner and I was really excited for him. And then he got hurt again. So they have some good pieces. I just don't know if they're, and and it helps that they play in the East compared to where the Mavs are. But I think they have a little bit of a little bit more margin for error. They don't have to have as great of a regular season record, but I I'm excited for it because when they were when they had Dwight Howard and they went on that run in 2010 to the finals, it was a fun. They were a fun team to watch with the Dwight Howard, who was one of the more under under disrespected players of his generation. Because sadly, he he did it to himself. He was kind of a diva when he got out of Orlando, and it just never worked out because they got there the one time and. Mm-hmm. but I'm hopeful. I'm more, more of a call. I like the magic. I don't follow them religiously. Like you follow the Mavs, but mm-hmm. it, it is cool to watch them do well. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, man, I, I just, that, that's, I think that is such a, such a small world that I literally just talked about them. And, and sure enough, I think you're the first magic fan I've ever met. I mean, <laughs> Let's go. It's, that's, I, I thought it was tough being a Mavericks fan, but Magic, man, I I just want to know what's the direction, right? Like, you guys have the second best coach in the league as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if you know his roots to Dallas, but... I don't, and I they've cycled through so many over the past yeah. since Stan Van Gundy. It's hard to keep track of. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got... Uh, Jam- I think his last name's Mosley, Jamal Mosley. Yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been... He was an assistant with Dallas for years and when when carlisle left a lot of people including me wanted him to get promoted um to head coach and he ended up you know they ended up going with jason and then you guys ended up picking him up um so i mean i think like coaching wise like you 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 got a good one but i want to know the direction of the team because how many how many guys you got like it's the Orlando forest. Like you guys just got nothing but trees there in all these huge, tall, big centers. And I'm sitting back like, 
you guys have to be doing this for for deals going forward. Like there's no I signing Bull Bull, who I love, but signing Bull Bull, I just that makes no sense. You've got Bamba, you've got Isaac, you've got you know all these guys, and it's like, are you gonna do something? Like you've got to be doing something with it, right? Well, and it's well, it's the other part too is is guys like Mo Bamba, Jonathan Isaac, who they've been hurt True. all the time, and it's True. so when they they play they've been good it's just they're just so injury prone and they drafted a point guard last year who was i was ecstatic when they drafted when they drafted Suggs, and he's also like they just can never seem to get healthy and we'll see hopefully next year's a new year and hopefully they can get it get it get it rolling again and get back to those dwight howard jj reddick Richard Lewis, Hito Turkaloo. Hito Turkaloo. <laughs> yeah. And then how did you, how did you become a Mavs fan? Dang, man. So I was, this was back when I was in, geez, let me think here. I, I'll never forget. It was the video game, NBA Live 2004, I think, okay. with Vince Carter. Vince Carter from the, the Raptors on the cover. Sounds about right. Yep. I think that um, is right. Yeah. And, and I don't know how to my mom will take all the credit because I, she just randomly had like TNT on one day and basketball was on. And we saw this little white guy with long brown hair, just passing like crazy. And we saw this tall white blonde dude with long hair, just scoring like crazy. And we just like fell in love with Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. And then from there, like, that was it. I mean, it was like, I'll I'll give the credit to my mom because I don't know how, how else if we would have just randomly started watching the Mavericks. So, yeah. yeah, there you go. And then, yeah, well, I, I grew, I became a magic fan. Cause I was a, just a huge T-Mac fan. Okay. Yeah. He got traded and I guess I just kind of stuck with them and man, I wanted the, I wanted the barbed wire tattoo around my arm for, <laughs> I don't know how long because of T-Mac. Yeah, that's, that is. And, and then we'll end this with, since your NBA team has won an NBA championship, mine, hasn't yet but what was uh what was that the excitement like when they finally were able to Dirk was able Dirk and company were able to get over that hump and hoist the trophy it probably I don't know how sweet it would have been if it wasn't for the fact that it was on the super team I mean the team that on paper and in real life you can say that there was a big three in Boston and all this before them but Man, when LeBron went to South Beach, like, we all thought the league was over. We thought it was done. We thought, like, he, when he said we're going to win five, six, seven, I halfway believed him, you know. And so when we won that one, like, that was it, was, it was like that being the underdog, plus we having us having a team of total, pretty much all old veterans, right? Yep. But then the fact that we were able to finally avenge what happened in 06, like there were so many layers to that championship, which is why we're still talking about it like over 10 years later, like it's all we got. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you, when Orlando wins one, it's going to be like, it doesn't matter what anybody says against your team. You can always say like, hey, we, we got one. We got yeah. ours. And, and that's it. And then you'll just talk about it for the next 20 years until you draft a kid out of Slovenia and you hope for the best. <laughs> there, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I think 
I think it wasn't just Mavs. Fan. I think everybody was were Dallas Mavericks fan that series too. Because yeah. no, I there's not many people that like the way LeBron went about it, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was just they they were they were just a team, just a very unlikable team. And and looking <laughs> back at it now too, in LeBron's defense, the best LeBron was villain LeBron because he just didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, hundred percent. He just he 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 had this arrogance about him that it seems like when, when he went back to Cleveland, when he went to L.A., it's like he lost like people didn't have that fear about him because he didn't have this. I don't care anymore. Yep. Mentality. Yeah. And, and when he went back to Cleveland, I liked him, too. And then towards yeah. the end, it kind of just got where it was just, oh, I don't have enough help. Oh, this, this, mm-hmm. this. And then and, and, like I. I don't follow the NBA as much because it's just gotten way too much of a me centric league. And yeah, I just, it just turned, just kind of turns me off. So yeah, yeah, totally. No, I, I get it. Yeah. Over the past two years, I mean, sports leagues used to be able to be just that right. Sports entertainment. And now everybody just makes things political and it's like, yeah, let us, let us enjoy sports, right? Like sports are just pure. Like yep, let it be pure. Exactly. You know? Yep, for sure. And well, Colt, thanks again for coming on. We will we'll have to get you on another point down the line, maybe as the uh, NBA season approaches, we can totally talk yeah. more uh, preview. Get the uh, my other two co-hosts on and talk yeah. more NBA. Talk wherever you're roaming at. So <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah, and we'll uh, yeah, maybe we'll have to do a cross collab, and then I can have you and the guys on on an episode too, and. Uh, we can we can throw it out of, totally out of whack. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, awesome. thanks again, and we will uh, we'll talk to you on the other side. Sounds good. Welcome back. Thanks again to Colt for joining me. Really fun conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Tune in to next week's episode where it feels like an eternity. But Grant and Ethan will be rejoining me as we recap my vacation and whatever else is happening in the world. Check us out on all of our social media platforms where we will be posting other content. Check out the Three Guys Talking Ball Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at 3GTV Podcast where we will also be posting short clips of the show and other content. You can also check out our Three Guys Talking Ball YouTube page where we will be posting the full podcast if you want to see the video version. That'll put a wrap on this week's episode of the Three Guys Talking Ball Podcast. Thank you again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.